All right. Well, the kids are coming down. I know it's a little bit distracting, but go ahead and just turn to Genesis chapter 8. We'll be there in just a minute. So Genesis chapter 8, where we'll be tonight. We're entering into the holiday season. Um, I love the holidays. We had the trunk or treat this past uh, Wednesday night, and I think there were three different cars playing Christmas music and dressed up, you know, for Christmas. Um, if you work at Hobby Lobby, uh, you've been doing that since about July, and uh, <laughs> I don't have any problems with that. I appreciate that. I love the holiday season. It fills my heart with warmth. I love the lights, love the music, and I'm grateful that that time's here. So Thanksgiving's just a few weeks around the corner, hard to believe, but it is. And so on Sunday nights for the next few weeks, we'll look at some thoughts on the idea of gratitude as we come into the holiday season, feel like that would be appropriate. And so we'll look at this kind of as a topic and we'll, we'll, we'll jump around the Bible a little bit and look at different stories and texts and principles that God's Word says about this idea of gratitude. There's an actor, some of you may know who he is, his name's Ben Stein, not a Christian. Uh, he's a comedian and has been in, in, in a lot of movies, but he was giving a speech at a commencement speech at a college, and he made this quote. And I think this quote is so powerful. He said, I cannot tell you anything that in a few minutes will tell you how to be rich, but I can tell you how to feel rich, which is far better. But let me tell you firsthand, like he said, let me tell you firsthand than being rich. Be grateful. It's the only totally reliable get rich quick scheme. And here's a lost man who gets that. And, and God's given us the blueprint for that in our lives. There is this common viewpoint. I'm going to talk a little bit more about this next Sunday night. But there's this common idea in our minds that happiness has a set point. In other words, we're all born with different dispositions, and that's true. We all have different backgrounds, and that's all true. But there's this idea that happiness has this set point, and we can't get any happier uh, than that point. That our genetics and our environmental factors limit our ability to be happier than that set point. But the Bible and scientific evidence suggest that that's not true. And it's a false way of thinking. And gratitude is the way, it is the vehicle that gets us to a point that's beyond our set point of happiness. It is truly one of, if not the most transformational things in our lives. You can be happier. You can be a better person, regardless of circumstances, to the degree that you cultivate this discipline in your life. And so tonight we're going to look at this idea concerning gratitude, recognizing and acknowledging goodness, and lay this platform for some thoughts to come in the weeks ahead. So stand with me, if you would, in honor of God's Word. And we're going to look at this story tonight, and then ask the Lord to help us find some principles from it that would be helped to us. The Bible says, uh, let's start reading verse 1, Genesis 8, 1. And God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the cattle that was with him in the ark. And God made a wind to pass over the earth and the water assuaged. The fountains also of the deep and the windows of heaven were stopped and the rain from heaven was restrained. And the waters returned from off the earth continually. And after the end of the 150 days, the waters were abated. Now look at verse 15. And God said unto Noah, uh, said, spake unto Noah, saying, Go forth of the ark, thou and thy wife, and thy sons, and thy sons' wives with thee. Bring forth with thee every living thing that is with thee of all flesh, both of fowl and of cattle and of creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, that they may breed abundantly in the earth and be fruitful and multiply upon the earth. And Noah went forth, his sons, his wife, and his sons' wives with him. Every beast, every creeping thing, every fowl 
Whatsoever creepeth upon the earth after their kinds went forth out of the ark. And I want to focus on this verse tonight, verse 20. And Noah built an ark, an altar, unto the Lord. And he took of every clean beast and of every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on the altar. Let's pray tonight. Lord, thank you for the music tonight, for hearing our young people sing. Lord, these truths, I pray, would just be present in their hearts as they've sung them tonight. Lord, thank you for the gift of a church like this and, and these precious uh, souls and, uh, Lord, the, the chance to hear them sing tonight. Lord, thank you for the time of fellowship tonight, for your word. I pray that you'd speak to our hearts as we conclude our day. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Early in the Bible, we witnessed one of the first acts of gratitude through the life of Noah. He had been on the ark for approximately a full year, and he walks off the ark. In verse 18, the Bible says this. Here he comes off the ark. The Bible says he went forth. And the very next thing we read, because there's some details given right after that, verse 18, but verse 20, it says this. And he walked off the ark, and the first thing he does is this. He builded an altar unto the Lord. And when you're reading this story, or as we even listened to it a moment ago, this act of worship is a little bit easy to read over. But if we look at it a little closer, um, it's not just a simple practice. When we look at it, we begin to see that it's an extraordinary act of gratitude and thanksgiving. And let me contextualize that. First, remember, Noah's been on the ark a long time, like 365 days-ish long time. He walks off the boat. He makes this conscious decision, God, I'm going to thank you. And the Lord did not direct him to do so. Now, there were times in the Bible that God directed people to do exactly what Noah did. But in this instance, he didn't. In fact, it was a little unprecedented. At this time in the ancient Near Eastern civilization, God had yet to give commandments or statutes regarding worship. Organized religion and faith practices were still a thousand years away from formation. Offering a sacrifice of thanksgiving was not a habit in his day. In the pagan worship of the day, when a sacrifice was made, it was offered to appease the gods, to keep them happy so that the people would receive good fortune. And so that's what they would do. Like, you know, I'm going I'm I'm to appease you, make you happy to these, these, uh, these gods that weren't real. They were, they were, of course, pagan. But Noah didn't offer the sacrifice out of a need to have good fortune. He was alive. Or desire to keep God happy or even to appease him. This sacrifice was born out of a simple heart of gratitude. So his natural, natural inclination as he leaves this ginormous wooden box after having been on it for a long period of time is to come off and the very first thing in his heart is to build an altar to worship the Lord and to in effect say, God, thank you. Okay, put yourself in his shoes for just a moment. You've been for a solid year confined to a dark ship. We're going to assume for purposes tonight, it was drenched in the stench and mess of every animal on earth. During this time, you're tossed around by tumultuous winds and rains and waves. You live with the extreme uncertainty of what the future holds and what the world will look like after the flood. You're confined, not just with animals, but with just a few people. And you're in pretty close proximity for a long time, right? And, and, and uh, I love my family too, but I like to have some pro... Never mind, I'll just move on, all right? You know what I'm saying. Let me get myself in trouble here. I haven't even got started. So the ark finally banks itself on a mountaintop. 
and you walk out into the fresh air, and you see the sunshine, and you, what do you imagine your first act would be? And this is Noah's. I'm going to stop right here. I'm going to walk off the plank of this boat, and I'm going to get some stones together, and I'm going to offer immediately an altar to God, and then we'll go about figuring out how life works and how we're going to live. And God, knowing Noah's heart, understood that Noah leaving the ship and offering a sacrifice was more than just a sacrifice. And I want you to look at verse 21 with me of the text. So in verse 20, Noah builds this ark. He offers his burnt offering to the Lord, but it's more than just that. Verse 21, and the Lord smelled a sweet savor. And the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite anymore everything living as I have done. While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. In chapter 9, verse 1, And God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply the earth. Here's this aroma of Noah's sacrifice. And God was touched. And God was blessed. And God looked at this man who he alone had rescued. And God appreciates the recognition of his goodness by this man. And what does God do in response? Well, God blesses him. God gives a blessing to Noah and to his family. And this blessing was not because Noah was a great ship captain, kept everybody on board and things under control. It wasn't because he completed the ark according to God's admonition and instruction, and he did those things. He was a good ship captain. He did build it. It wasn't because it was a reward for his exceptional care of all the animals that God had put under his charge, and he did that too. And certainly all of those things would have been, in, would have been due for blessing. But Noah received God's goodness, and Noah recognized what God had done. And he chose to say thank you to the Lord. And he chose to worship the Lord. And this pleased the Lord. And God smelled it. And he understood what Noah was doing. And his response in turn was to bless him. That's his question tonight. What is gratitude? And most of us have an every under, un, understanding, an everyday understanding of what it would be. You receive something, someone does for, something for you. And it is your natural inclination to say, thank you. We appreciate that. Or to write a note or to do something thoughtful in return. We receive something, we recognize the value of the gift, and we appreciate the intentions of the donor. And the benefit may be something, maybe not material, but non-material. Something like someone did something for you, an act of service, a labor of love. And so we say thank you. The Oxford English Dictionary defines gratitude this way, the quality or condition of being thankful, the appreciation of an inclination to return kindness. Okay, so I'm going to get a little boring here for a minute and ask you to think, and then we'll go into some application. Okay, so can you hang with me tonight? All right. Gratitude is derived from the, the Latin word gratia, meaning favor, and gratis meaning pleasing. Okay, so favor and pleasing. That's where the, the word would come from from the Latin. All derivatives of these Latin words have to do with the idea of kindness, of generous, of gifts, of the beauty of giving and receiving, or getting something for nothing. Gratitude to us is a pleasing feeling 
So someone does something for us and we, we, we recognize it, we acknowledge it, we understand it. And inside of our hearts, we are filled with warmth. Someone did something kind for me. Someone thought of me. Someone, someone gifted me or served me in this way. It feels good and it's also motivating. When we feel grateful because someone does something for us and we know that, we are moved to share that goodness we have received with other people. It, 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 it's something that we want to pass on. The definition is good, but the definition falls a little flat because the emphasis on gratitude in these words that we just read is on feeling. And feelings are good and feelings are necessary, but gratitude doesn't often start with feelings because feelings start with our thinking. And so, if we want to be grateful people, it's not going to just because we feel something all the time. Because we're not always going to feel grateful. And we should. We have reason to. But we don't always feel that way. Feelings follow thinking. And so if we're going to change the way we feel, we have to change the way that we think. So there are two stages of gratitude that I want us to consider. First, gratitude is the simple acknowledgement of goodness in one's life. In other words, this way. We can absolutely think of life as a horrible mess. And we've all met people that way. And, we, and, 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 and they're in Eeyore, and all they can see is the dark clouds, and they see no good. Okay, is there no good in life, even if your life's really, really bad? And there are lives that way. And I wouldn't diminish your burdens and suffering. But I would say this, there is good in life if we look for it. And there's this basic understanding and acknowledgement uh, that there is good in life, that life's worth living. Okay, so acknowledgement, and then the second act of gratitude is recognizing. Recognizing that behind all goodness is a source. Now, we may not always see that, but that's the truth. We recognize, okay, this is good. And behind that goodness, there is a source from which that goodness flows. The object of gratitude is always directed toward another, either towards God or towards another person, and not towards self. So I don't walk in the auditorium tonight and say, thank you, self, for preparing this message. Right? <laughs> That's not what we, how, how we're supposed to think. If you do think that way, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> You're a little more broken, maybe I can help. That, that's not how gratitude works. Gratitude's always directed towards others. It's outward directed, recognizing that goodness comes from others. Gratitude is more, feel, more, more than feeling. It requires a willingness to acknowledge and to recognize that one is on the receiving end of someone's kindness. I'm on the receiving end of it. And that the one giving has intentionally provided the benefit often at a personal cost. And then we recognize and receive and understand the value in what is given. Okay, in a world that's full of selfishness and injustice, gratitude takes us and forces us to pause that yes, the world's full of injustice. Yes, the world's full of a lot of selfishness. We all have that in us. But in the world, there's good too. You can look at my life and the life of anyone in here and find a lot of fault. And we could pick each other apart. We can see in each other the sin. We can see in each other the faults. We can see a lot of evil in each other's lives. But we can also look at each other 
and see the hand and the image and visage of God. And we can see a lot of beauty. And there's a lot of good in each of our lives and in the world that God's made tonight. So for these reasons, we must understand that we cannot be grateful without being thoughtful. So Noah comes off the boat and he's thinking about God. Because God didn't just say he was going to destroy the world. God destroyed the world. God didn't just say rain's going to come from heaven and he had never seen rain. And he preached righteousness for hundreds of years and no one believed him and they mocked him. But all of a sudden, lo and behold, as he's on the boat for a year, he's contemplating, oh my goodness, like it's one thing when God says it's real. It's another thing when it happens. It's one thing this morning when pastor preaches from Revelation 15, it's a whole nother thing. It's going to happen. And all of a sudden, he's just, he's, he's meditating on these things, and he's thinking about the world, and he's thinking about life, and he's thinking about death, and he recognizes God could have wiped out everybody, but he didn't wipe out me, and he didn't wipe out my boys, and their wives, and, and my wife, and these animals that he put under my care. He's thinking about God's goodness. Could he have focused on the negatives in the ark? Well, sure. Were they there? Well, yeah. What was he focused on? God, you spared me. God, you made the waters recede. God, you put my feet back on dry ground. God, you're good. And he's thinking that way. That's where his thoughts are focused. See, gratitude belongs to the realm of those who think. It doesn't belong to a neutral mind. It belongs to a mind who gives effort and thought to the world and the life that they have. And it takes effort to create gratitude. It takes a lot of effort to maintain gratitude. Okay, let me, let me, let me shift gears here for just a second, and then we're going to get into some application. The term reconnaissance is from the French word reconnaissance. If you know French and I butchered that, don't tell me. Okay, so I know I, I looked it up on Google, played the translator thing, listened to all these words and still butcher them sometimes, so I apologize. Reconnaissance means exploration or inspection. It's often used in the military and we would understand it in that context. So someone's gonna go out, they're gonna conduct reconnaissance, they're gonna, it's the purpose of gathering information. It has this military connotation to it. In the context of gratitude, it refers to inspecting or exploring one's life for the purpose of seeing where or to whom thanks is to be given. Okay, so here's some soldiers, and they're going to fight that enemy. And so they send out a few guys and say, you guys go inspect and explore to find out what we need to do to win this battle. When it comes to gratitude and the application of reconnaissance in our own lives, we explore and we inspect, we think about our own lives and we look at our lives introspectively and we think, to whom do I owe that thanks? To whom do I owe gratitude? Because we all owe gratitude and thanks to those in our lives that are giving good. There's a French expression that goes like this, j'assume reconnaissance. And it's translated into three parts. I recognize. It's the intellectual part of this, the thinking part. I acknowledge, willingly, I think, 
I acknowledge, and then I appreciate. And that's where the emotions kick in. I begin to think, I acknowledge willingly, and then I get to this point of the emotional feeling of I appreciate. It's the first step towards gratitude, the idea of recognition. So thinking takes us to this place. It allows the other two points to be possible, acknowledgement and appreciation. Recognition, now listen carefully, because this is, the, this is the thought. Recognition is the quality that allows for gratitude to be so transformational in our lives. Because we're thinking, recognize, recognize, to cognize, to think differently about something than we have thought before. I am cognizantly aware. I am thinking about something in a different way and looking at it from a different angle. Okay, think about a time in your life when you thought something was awful happening. Like you got a report, you got fired from your job, a relationship was severed, a serious illness befell you or someone you loved, and you just thought this is the most awful thing. But then on the other side of it, you look back at it and go, wow, that was a blessing in disguise. Like, there was so much about that that I couldn't see and that I didn't understand. And so gradually you emerge from the darkness with this new light. And adversity was transformed into an opportunity. Sorrow was maybe turned into gratefulness. What's going on there? Well, you're recognizing, you're rethinking the event. So from this perspective, this illness is horrible or this relationship or whatever is taking place in my life, I lost my job. But then on the other side of events, you're rethinking, you're recognizing, you're recognizing that event. You go, wow, that was, that was the Lord working in my life. That was God moving. And, and, and there were some blessings there that have come. I didn't understand it at the time. I didn't see it. I didn't know what God was doing, but he was, he was working. Okay, let me give you a personal illustration. And, and, and this, is, this has extreme limitations, but I think it helps transfer the thought. I read, began to read on this material on Thursday. And so Thursday was a busy day this week, and this season of life is active for, for all of us. And so Elizabeth was out with the girls, and the boys and I were tasked with shopping late Thursday night. Um, I hate to be out late. I hate to shop. And there's a lot of things I didn't like about this. And so I'm frustrated. So I'm in the store. And then I think to myself, you've just been studying, recognizing, rethinking a situation. So come on, fleet, get it together and recognize what's going on here. So I was thinking, well, what's wrong here? Well, I have to shop. I wouldn't tell Elizabeth that. Sorry, babe, this is all fresh to her. So. <laughs> and then I'm thinking, I have money to shop. Wow. Well, that's a blessing. I walked around the corner, and here's an older lady working really late. And I wasn't working late. I was just shopping. And I'd be out in a few minutes. My boys were with me. They have tons of energy. And they're asking lots of questions and just being little boys. And while that may have frustrated me in the moment, I'm thinking, I've got two healthy boys by my side who idolize their dad and love me. Man, thank you, Lord. I have the ability to get what my family needs, and it's all on a shelf 
I don't have to plant it. It's waiting for me to pick it up and put it in the cart. Like seriously, how hard can life be, right? I mean, first world problems here. Look, if you will stop in your life, you can recognize the world in which you live. So driving to work tomorrow morning, you might just stop and look at the sunrise and see how truly breathtaking God made the sunrises in Oklahoma. Or maybe the beautiful fall leaves and some of them that are on this church property on the east, especially on the east side of the parking lot, just gorgeous. Maybe the formation of geese overhead, if you'll stop and rethink. Maybe if you just stopped and rethought tonight the people sitting next to you and how truly wonderful they are and how beautiful the relationships are in this building, the goodwill that others have towards you. But you're going to have to think about it. You're going to have to consider it. You're going to have to rethink it. Ordinary moments in life can turn into moments of awe if you will recognize the awe in the moment. And the awe is in every moment. But you have to think. Gratitude belongs to the realm of those who think. And the main point tonight is this. Gratefulness is the thoughtful awareness that we are the recipient of goodness. Gratefulness is the thoughtful awareness. I am thinking about this. That I am and you are the recipient of goodness. And in gratitude, we remember the contributions others make for the benefit of our well-being. We cannot be grateful without being thoughtful. It doesn't work. We cannot live, again, in a mental state of neutrality and be a grateful person. Contemplation and reflection, they are required. Grateful people think. They think about the goodness in their life. Okay, last thought. Those who are thinking understand that there is goodness in their life. But more than that, let's take this a step further. It's goodness they don't deserve. So there's a lot of good in your life. If you'll look for it, if you'll rethink it, there's so much goodness. And if we're honest tonight, none of us deserve it. The country we live in, the church we attend, the jobs we have, the clothes we have, all the blessings in this country, in this, this era in human history, we don't deserve it. We don't deserve God's goodness. The theological term for this is grace. So why was Noah alive when no one else was? Here's Noah. Why did everyone else die? He alone is left alive. Well, chapter 6, verse 8 of Genesis says this, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. God looked down and gave him what he didn't deserve. Did Noah deserve to be on the boat? Nope, he didn't. But he found grace in God's eyes. When you perceive grace, you will naturally feel grateful for it. So this man, it's so consistent with his character. He finds grace in the eyes of God. And on the boat, he's recognizing God's goodness. He gets off the boat. And what's the natural thing for a man who recognizes God's grace in his life to do? To give thanks. Like that's just the natural thing for him to do because he found that grace. 
And when you perceive grace, it's a natural response to be grateful for. Why? Because grace is unearned. It's a free gift. And gratitude depends on receiving what we don't deserve, what we haven't earned. And often, in God's case, receiving more than we ever could deserve or earn. And we have a really hard time with this because our world is built in, with these mechanisms in place against our ability to perceive grace. It's like the world puts up all these roadblocks and we allow them in our lives. And if you want to say, well, I'm going to be a grateful person. I'm going to recognize the good. You're going to have your effort cut out for you. You're going to have to work at it because there's so many things that are going to stop you and block you from seeing the good in your life. We are forgetful people. We forget too much. We take things for granted all the time. Our expectations of life and God and each other are so high. We assume that we are responsible for the good in our lives, the good in this place good in our job. We earned it. We deserve it. When asked to pray over the family meal, Bart Simpson prayed, Dear God, we pay for all this stuff ourselves, so thanks for nothing. Now look, in one sense, Bart is right. But he's also missing the bigger picture. The grateful person recognizes that much of the goodness in his life happens independently of his actions and in spite of himself. The good in your life isn't because you earned it or because you deserve it. So much of it has happened independently of you, but you're a recipient of it. And the good in your life is impossible without the help of others. And it is this realization, it is this recognition that is the soil that allows for the seeds of gratitude to germinate and for gratitude to grow in our lives. Don't deserve it, didn't earn it. There are other people contributing to my good, independent of any, all the effort that I give. I still can't have life as good as it is without other people helping to contribute and make it so. And the implication is this. If gratitude is born from our thought life, then it is an approach to life that has to be intentionally chosen. We have to choose this. It doesn't depend upon circumstances like health or wealth or beauty or the things you have or don't have. It's a choice we make. It's not circumstantially based. Just because it's a conscious decision, though, doesn't make it an easy one. It doesn't come naturally. It doesn't come easily. It doesn't come effortlessly. Personal burdens, external obstacles stand in the way and they block it. Our world is filled with consumerism, entitlement, perceptions of victimhood, inability to admit shortcomings. And I say the world, maybe some of us too. The inability to admit that one is not self-sufficient, gratitude doesn't come easily. But if we would be grateful, then we must realize that we are the recipients of goodness. And we have to recognize it, think about it, and acknowledge it. And then those feelings come. So like Noah tonight, some of us need to step off the ark of life anew.
and think and recognize the good and say, God, thank you. We need to inspect, reconnaissance our lives and look up and down and inspect and say, where do I owe thanks? I need to be a thinking person about the good that I have and not take so much for granted. If a man like Ben Stein can say, this will change your life, it won't get you rich, but you'll feel rich, and that's a lot better. How much more so should God's people live with hearts of gratitude? People who aren't just going through life in neutral, but who are thinking about God's goodness and the goodness of others to them. It will change you. It will change this place. And so let's let it change us. Let me ask you to stand tonight, if you wouldn't, prayer.